Hi, I'm Michael Cashew. And I'm Adi Cashew, and you're listening to The WAG Podcast. This podcast is about health, wellness, and personal development. Each episode is a short conversation between Adi and I on a single topic with actionable steps. We cover everything from food, mindset, fitness, and relationships. We started WAG because of the way health and fitness changed our lives, so we hope to share a tool or two that helps you along your way. Hey, Michael. And you can start it. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, you can start it. Well, you probably clicked on this episode <laughs> because it says getting your body back after pregnancy. And I feel like that's a very clicky type of title. And I want to start off by saying that this is about feeling comfortable and confident in your skin post birth and also not about feeling tons of pressure to be exactly who you used to be and look exactly the way that you used to look and do the things that you used to do. Today, we're talking all about how to manage the physical changes and mental emotional changes that happen after having a baby and becoming a mom, um, especially people who are doing this for the first time. Sweet. Let's do it. So why are we even talking about this? We are talking about this because we have just had a baby and through from our experience, there were definitely some obstacles in me being able to take care of myself after he was here. And so we saw that me being able to take care of myself was directly related to how I could show up for shy for our baby and how I could show up as my own individual and my confidence and my ability to just handle the changes with more ease versus having these changes really affect me. And um, when I wasn't taking, in moments when I wasn't taking care of myself, everything felt harder and heavier. And that is what we wanted to avoid. We wanted to avoid the heaviness that can come with hard changes and the frustrations and also the the like grieving of who I used to be and how I used to look and all of those things, it is just harder when I'm not taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just like more dissonance between where I am and where I used to be. So taking care of myself was really important. Not to mention actually being able to recover from a process like giving birth, preventing physical issues like prolapse. If you had a vaginal delivery, I'm sure there's different things when you have a C-section or anything like that. And for me, it really helped me combat any momentum that I was getting go- towards anything remotely like postpartum depression or negative mood spells or just feeling down. Taking care of myself really helped turn that around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you did a really great job. I know that there were a lot of uncomfortable moments as your body was doing and looking ways that were foreign to you. And there were, you know, it came with some emotional discomfort, but I think you moved through it really well. You stayed really consistent and you also didn't push yourself to do things too quickly or too, you weren't so aggressive on yourself at the expense of connecting with shy and at the expense of like your own peace of mind. Yeah. And also It's important that this is really about helping to manage this change, not any pressure to be a certain way. I still am not 
the he's almost he's four and a half months and I still don't look the way that I used to look and I don't feel the way that I used to feel and I still am taking care of myself regardless without the pressure of I need to look a certain way or I am like hard on myself for not being that way birth is birth in itself like the physical act of birth is a huge process there is major healing that needs to be done um, and it's important to honor that process as well as like doing it at your own pace the number one priority especially for me who's breastfeeding is to be able to have ample supply and be able to nourish our baby with milk he's still exclusively breastfeeding so i think that I keep reminding myself, you know, anytime I'm being down on myself, like this is, this is a phase, it's all going to pass and just like honoring the pace at which it feels right for me. So I think you're going to talk about a number of different things that have worked well for you in different areas Mm -hmm. around this. And we want to give the caveat that obviously a D and I can only speak from our own experience. Everybody's body's different. Everybody's psychological experience is different. And so if we say something that doesn't align with you, doesn't fit, then that's okay. Yeah. It's mostly meant to be kind of like you're trying something on at the store, like try on the sweater. If it fits great, if it doesn't put it back, it's just not for you. The first thing would be like the, my mental and emotional well-being. I feel like what really helped me at the beginning was to talk about anything that I was feeling with people that I trusted in my life, primarily with you, especially for the first week when we were in the NICU, Shy came four weeks early. We were supposed to have the baby at home. We didn't end up having him at home. We had him at the hospital and I had like a retained placenta and like a bit of complications, including Shy ending up in the NICU. Like the whole process was just honestly really jarring for me. I didn't feel almost anything. I think I could have let myself spin out over not feeling anything, like feeling guilty that I wasn't having this heart explosion, like massive amounts of love for him immediately that I had worked myself up to feel. Like I couldn't wait for him to be in this world and we would lock eyes and it would be like in the movies and we would imprint on one another and, (laughs) you know, like it would just be this explosion. And honestly, right when he came out, I almost fell asleep because I was so exhausted from labor. It just was not how I saw it in the movies. Uh, I think without having you to talk about it with and you just reminding me that it's okay, I'm not wrong for feeling any of the things that I'm feeling, allowed me to you know, not slip into more of a negative spiral. Mm-hmm. So that was really helpful that you did that with me. Cool. Also, I think for my mental and emotional well-being, which all of these things have helped me take care of myself better. I spent time, I was very like uh, particular about who I would spend time with and the people that spent time with us were people that were giving me energy versus feeling like they were taking energy away. So if people came over and it felt like I had to host them, that was not who we needed in our space at that time. It was people that would come over and they would help and they would support or they would take me to go do something fun. I have a friend that uh, she picked me up and took me to go get my nails done. And it was that that like really helped me take care of myself and realize, okay, I don't like I can also take care of myself. I don't just have to take care of the baby and other people are encouraging me to take care of myself as well. Um, So that was really, really, really helpful to just like move through this period of time. And then asking for specific help. I think Almost everyone listening probably has a community or a group of people around them that wants to help you through this period of time. And there's this 
discomfort that comes with wanting to help somebody, but the person not letting you know how you can help them, it's uncomfortable to just force your help upon somebody. I know we all, not we all, a lot of new moms feel like I'm just going to do it all myself or I can do it all myself or I can't ask for help or I don't know how to ask for help. And part of it, I think, is they they might not, they also might not know what to ask for. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which we can touch on. Yeah. So some things that really helped me that maybe you could ask people for support on were meals, like home-cooked meals, so we didn't have to order food out all the time. So people bringing us home-cooked meals was incredibly helpful. And being able to say specifically, home-cooked meals delivered to our house would be really helpful, Mm -hmm. whether that was things that we can put in the freezer or things that we could have on the day-to-day. And what's the app? It's a meal train? Yeah, there's a our friends set up a meal train for us on mealtrain.com. It's like super simple. You can set up the days and instructions and all that stuff for people to just like know what day they can show up with food and how to send, how to give it to you. And they just like left it on our doorstep. They didn't even knock to come and see us. They just left it on our doorstep and texted us saying, hey, your food's waiting for you. It was really, really honestly so helpful. We had that for the first 12 weeks, which was amazing. It was was actually incredible. Um, That is like a specific ask you can make to other people. I also had made specific asks like, hey, can you come grab me and take me to go get my nails done? Mm -hmm. Or I had a specific ask of you, can you help me find time to work out Mm -hmm. or to do my physical therapy? Using those as a couple examples, can you think of any other examples of ways that Things you could that get people, people could ask to for. clean your house. That mm-hmm. might be something that kind of falls by the wayside in the beginning. So someone could clean your house. If you have someone close to you, you know, as soon as you're ready, you could ask for them to babysit for a couple hours so that the two of you, uh, mom and dad or whatever your, your situation is, can spend some time together. Mm-hmm. I think those are some great examples of things that you can ask for specifically. And it's a gift to the people in your community for you to be specific about the ask. Mm-hmm. Like they want to show up for you. Um, most people just don't know how and feel uncomfortable just stepping in and doing it. So I think that that's really um, important. And I feel like if you are the kind of person who feels some level of guilt of taking that time, imagine your mom saying to you, like Shai can't speak, so he can't tell me to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. But imagine your mom, you're like a baby, but you can speak and you ask the baby, hey, would it be okay if I go and take care of myself? I would imagine all of us would have said to our moms, yes, go take care of yourself. Dad's going to take care of me or Auntie Lex is going to take care of me and mm-hmm. it's it's all going to be fine. I'm going to feel so good. Like that's totally okay. Um, mm-hmm. We would have said that to our parents, but Shai actually can't say that. So I feel like, if you can find it within yourself to like let go of that guilt and know that it's probably what they want for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the way that humans have evolved is for people like elder tribesmen or like adult tribesmen to all take care of each other's kids. So it's not like by spending some time away from your kid, they're not getting the bonding that they need. As long as they're being held, they're being nurtured, they're going to develop in a really healthy manner. So you don't have to feel guilt if that's what's keeping you from doing that. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to the physical side of things. Uh, This was really slow and I was very adamant about not doing more damage than has already been done from pushing a baby out of you. There's this like a huge wound from where your uterus used to be. Like your uterus is basically up to where your lungs are. 
And then it goes all the way back down and your organs have to like recalibrate of where they're going to be once that baby's out of there. Um, you're, it's so crazy how quickly that your uterus goes back down. Just the whole process mm-hmm. is kind of wild. So my core was I, like I had some diastasis. From my understanding, 100% of women who get pregnant have some level of diastasis, meaning like some separation in the ab muscles just to make space for the baby. And so it was important to me that I didn't do more damage. Like it literally felt like my organs might fall out of me and I didn't want them to fall out of me. So working on my pelvic floor, working on breathing, working on core strength, like those were all top priority. And I worked with um, a physical therapist from... 18 weeks pregnant all the way through to 12 weeks postpartum. That was really important to me. And it also gave me not, it gave me this like clear, okay, I have something to do. I know I'm not doing anything unsafe. And it gives me the space to take care of myself and just be alone moving my body versus feeling like I have to just like get into working out really hard so quickly. That was really helpful for me. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm super proud of your patience in that, in that realm. I know that before he came, you were getting more and more frustrated at the, you just kept having to take movements off of your, mm-hmm. off of your like list of things list. that you can, yeah. can do. And it became like, you could do like five things over and over and over, <laughs> yeah. which I know is boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that patience allowed you to really enjoy being a new mom, not stressing out about it too much. And it's probably allowed your body to bounce back much more quickly. Uh, I do agree. And then the other thing about physical <laughs> is being able to feel like I'm getting back to a place that is comfortable and confident eating good food was really, really important. We were in the hospital and I remember for the week that we were living in the hospital, we we did have food delivered to us, but we didn't have a fridge. So it was really hard to just have perishable food with us consistently. So people would bring us takeout or we'd order takeout or we'd have snacks. And it just like didn't feel good. It just it felt really, really good for a few days <laughs> and then we were over it. But I, I, it felt like I felt sluggish. I felt just like not, not like it didn't feel healthy. It didn't feel like I was being nourished. It didn't yeah. feel, feel like it didn't have, it wasn't a good feeling. So really focusing on. But you remember those scones? I, uh, I know. God. They were so good, but too good. <laughs> just feeling like we were eating good homemade food was really helpful for me to feel just like, okay, I'm taking care of myself. It feels good. I have more energy. It like really impacted the way that I was feeling from day to day. As soon as we got back home, we both committed that we were going to have as many home cooked meals and eat out as little as possible, which I think helped a ton. Yeah. And I think now we don't really eat out at all. (laughs) Pretty much. It's just easier to eat at home when you got to put the baby down at seven o'clock. So yeah. um, we've been eating at home a lot. And I think it was getting onto that as quickly as possible was really, really helpful. Also, just taking the time for hygiene. Well, before you go that, can I ask you a question about food? Yeah. So do you want to talk about how you made the decision to start tracking again and how you knew it was time for you? Oh, yeah. So I think I started tracking tracking my food again at like five and a half weeks. I, I made that decision because for me, when life is really chaotic, my ability to eat intuitively diminishes. So I'm super stressed. 
the reason why we work in nutrition coaching is because I have issues with my relationship with food. Like that's how this all started is I was a 200 pound teenager who, who was heading in a really unhealthy direction. And I had developed like really strange habits with food. When I'm really stressed, when I'm not sleeping well, when I'm, you know, I have a lot going on and I'm learning all of these new skills. Like I'm taking care of this life and I've never done anything like that before. Eating intuitively just isn't, it's not happening. I just don't know how to eat intuitively. I'm not in touch with my hunger cues. I want to eat for comfort versus eating for nourishment. So tracking my food actually helped me feel freedom in terms of my food choices. And it also helped me feel better about what I was like. It made me feel like I had something that I was in control of. And I, it, it was easier for me to have parameters when right now at this point in my life, I'm just having a really hard time with intuitive eating. Mm -hmm. Um, so I felt in control enough of our routine and schedule that I was ready to just like dial things in a little bit more in terms of um, food. And for me, tracking is something I'm really comfortable with and I've done for a really long time and building that, I'm very grateful that I've built that skill. Mm -hmm. So it just helped me feel like, okay, I'm, I know how much I'm eating in a day regardless of whether I feel hungry or not hungry. Um, I can't trust I'm, my, my hunger cues right now are not reliable and my cravings are just not reliable. So I know like the absolute most important thing for you has been and continues to be making sure that you were producing enough milk and that shy was getting everything that he needed. Mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like I've heard some people worry about tracking affecting milk production and stuff like that. Why was that not a concern for you? So I, I I do feel like for me, it could have worked the other way. Like if I was trying to, I also would like to lose weight. So I, and I, I do, for me, it's been possible to lose weight and maintain milk supply and like keep all of that under control. If I was trying to eat intuitively, there is this risk of me under eating, which would have potentially affected my milk supply. Under eating and over exercising can help affect people, not help, can affect and reduce milk supply, as well as being underhydrated, not drinking enough water. And what helped me like checking in with a coach and tracking my food is that I'm letting them know what's going on with my milk supply. I'm paying attention to how many wet diapers Shai has. Is he gaining weight? Is he, is he like fussing after feedings, things like that? I'm also pumping like at least once a day so I can see what my supply is like. Although some women making that like babies are more efficient than pumps. So they just don't pump that much. So that was definitely, and I'm also tracking how many calories I'm having. So I know exactly how many calories I'm having. Any time that I was worried at all about milk supply, I would tell my coach and she would increase my calories. So I'm making sure first and foremost that I'm having enough calories to produce enough milk and I have not struggled with milk supply. And that would be the first thing that would change. And I also want to, start heading in a a direction of losing weight and fat loss. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Amen. Mm-hmm. All right. Talk about taking showers once a month. No, <laughs> um, I think we, you and I both read this before Shai actually came, but just getting the mom the opportunity to feel good in her skin, whether that's like take a shower, get your nails done, do your hair, put some makeup on, like is just really energizing or can can really affect the way that she feels about herself Mm -hmm. so we made that a priority and it really really helped me Mm -hmm. cool let's talk about how your partner can help you how i've been able to help you so number one is around just giving 
your partner's space to work out. So in our relationship, we've decided that a D is the primary caregiver. And that doesn't mean that I'm checked out all of the time. So because we had read that, that the type of stuff like, you know, make time for mom to take care of her hygiene, um, all of that kind of stuff. I, I really had it in my head that as soon as possible, I wanted to take him for however long it took for her to really take care of herself. And so that just looked like me taking care of him for an hour or so, and then encouraging her like proactively to go and work out. I asked, I actually was the one that texted her friend that took her out to get her nails done. (laughs) So just looking for ways to get her out of the house, give her some space so that she starts feeling kind of like herself again, rather than just a homebody, you know, in pajamas all day. I don't know the last time I've spent a month in pajamas, but I could imagine if you're just sitting at home all day, you could feel like kind of groggy and and tired. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but I knew it was important to give you space to work out. So I did that. Yes. What also that you did really well is that before we had this new huge responsibility that came into our lives and we did decide that I'm going to be the primary caregiver, I was responsible for other things in the house that I just like couldn't really do when he came. I didn't have capacity. Mm-hmm. I still am getting the hang of this new routine and these new responsibilities. So you took on a lot of food responsibilities, whether it was cooking us food or arranging the food. We also You also helped with... Like coordinating with all of the people that were Mm. bringing us food or our families. Or any help and support that we needed, like getting the house cleaned or things like that. Like you definitely really stepped up in areas that normally were under my In your lane. lane. In my lane. And there was this now blurred lane. Like there Mm -hmm. is no lanes. We're just like anywhere we see the opportunity to help, we're stepping in to help each other until, you know, there, we just recorded an op- an episode on re- navigating responsibilities. Once things like settle down a bit, we could then get to a place where it was like, okay, let's like reevaluate what what is in your lane and what's in my lane and how we can support each other best. But at the beginning, it's really, it's kind of like somebody gets really injured. <laughs> Not to say that pregnancy is an injury, but it's kind of like someone's like, really injured and they cannot physically do things you know like someone broke their leg or something like that where you now have to like michael has to take care of me so that i can take care of the baby Mm -hmm. and i actually can't walk much let alone can i do things like cook around the house like standing for long periods of time was really difficult um, and also not conducive to me recovering properly Mm -hmm. i think it's so important i don't know if i've said this before but i think it would have been I would have felt really disconnected from you and from him if I wasn't participating in that way, because that's kind of the only way that I can help is to take on some of your old responsibilities and make sure the house is taken care of, make sure you're nourished. And I think we talked about this on on our last podcast, but feeling connected to people has a lot to do with depending on them and feeling like they depend on you. And it felt really nice to know that you depended on me in in some way. And that was the, that was the way that I could show up in the past. If those lines had been blurred and all of a sudden I had to cook and clean, I may have been frustrated and angry at you. And I felt none of that because I knew this was what, this is how I could show up right now. And the, the, it was the way that I wanted to. Yeah. 
and it was so awesome. And so I was so grateful for that. And we did talk about that before Shai got here. So if you are currently pregnant or about to get pregnant, these are totally conversations you should have with your partner. If not just to like talk about something that you don't usually talk about, you know, it's just fun conversations to have of what do you imagine it to be like when the baby gets here? What do you think you're going to be responsible for? What do you expect me to be responsible for? As having as much of these conversations ahead of time, even though you could get it totally wrong, at least gives you guys a way to communicate about what's about to happen. So, And the way that the, these last things relate to getting your body back is if I was expecting you to still clean and cook and do all of your old responsibilities plus all of the responsibilities for taking care of a new human, you simply wouldn't have enough time in the day, uh, much less energy. So mm. doing all of these things allows you a little bit of space to keep taking care of yourself. Yeah. So just to summarize, I think the main points are getting your body back is not about like looking a specific way or being able to do things a specific way. It's just getting to a place where you can take care of yourself because it's important to take care of yourself so you can take care of the baby. Ways to do that are like specifically asking people for help. And you can use some of the examples that we gave in this episode to ask people to specifically help you in this way. And I promise that they will be grateful that you asked them specifically and working to having conversations with your partner about how they can um, support so that you can do things like shower and go get your nails done if that's what you're into, because I really like that workout, um, as well as things like physical therapy so you can actually recover. And then I think those are, and then it's just spending time with people that give you energy versus drain your energy. Just trying to pay attention to when somebody leaves your space, are you feeling drained or are you feeling energized? Those are all some great places to start. And most of all, be patient with yourself, go at your own pace and just enjoy every single second because Shai's four and a half months old and I already miss how tiny he used to be. Like I already miss it. He was so tiny, this like little, little thing. And it just goes by so fast. So be present and enjoy the moment and try not to rush. And get out there, get pregnant. And if you're not, be practicing. <laughs> if you don't want to that get mean, pregnant. That means have sex, guys. Yeah. Okay. Peace Bye. out. Thanks for joining us. Stay in touch by signing up for our newsletter at workingagainstgravity.com or on Instagram at workingagainstgravity. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and refer a friend. We'll be back next week with another episode. Talk to you then.